and welcome to Meddling Kids, where me, Chris, and Kaylee look at all the Scooby-Doo's because Scooby-Doo is amazing. Kaylee, which one are we looking at today? Today we're looking at The Secret of Shark Island. Ooh, it sounds exciting. Yes, very exciting. There's sharks and secrets. What else do you need? Islands? Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. So this episode opens up with the mystery machine driving down the road with the surfboard or two on top. And it's not raining, but suddenly there's some lightning and thunder. And Daphne says, something tells me today is a very good day to not go surfing. Which, if you ask me, that's pretty reasonable. Most people would think, hmm, there's lightning. I should stay out of the water because that's the safe and sensible thing to do. I'm glad there's at least one adult person on the team. I know. Who would have thought it would be Daphne? And Fred, who is apparently not an adult person by Chris's definition. It's true. Says, who's afraid of a little lightning? We should just hang chains off the back of our surfboards like truckers do. Now, admittedly, I'm not quite an old man, even though I act like I am. I have no idea what he's talking about here. So if any of our listeners know why truckers would hang chains off of their trucks and how that would help with lightning at all, please let us know. My guess is that they're trying to use it as a lightning rod, but I have never seen trucks dragging chains behind themselves because that would be bad too. At least not on purpose. And there are so many reasons you should not have chains or anything else hanging off the back of your surfboard, including entanglement and... Just stay out of the water if there is lightning, please, for your own safety. The more you know. Do, 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 do. We then see Sunny and Cher in their convertible, struggling very, very hard to put to close the top. And suddenly one of their tires blows out. And they can't change the tire because Sunny left the tire at home to make room for his water skis. Sonny is also not an adult person, it seems like. Yeah, he's made out to be quite an idiot in this episode. I have no idea if that's how he was in real life. Again, if any of our older than me listeners know that, please let me know, because I wasn't made till the 80s. And I love their music, but I don't know much about the actual people. Anyway... We can see a spare tire in the picture because they have the old-fashioned fancy car that has the spare tire sitting on the runner on the side of the car. So not only are there not water skis in its place, but there is definitely a spare tire. Shaggy spots them from a distance and says, hey, it's that famous couple, but obviously can't remember the name. And... As they pull up, everybody's like, it's Sunny and Cher. And suddenly, suddenly, Sunny has shades on and is saying, but we were traveling incognito. How did you recognize us? Apparently, Sunny thinks they live in a comic book world where glasses are enough to make you instantly unrecognizable. And maybe he's related to Superman. Who knows? And Velma says they recognize them because of the monogram on the side of their car. Now, I'm no proper Southern lady, but if you have full words spelled out, that's not a mammogram (laughs) or a monogram. 
Yeah, it's definitely not a monogram. It is a whole sign that says Mr. Sonny Bono and Mrs. Sonny Bono. I'd argue that she's famouser than him. That might just be because I'm so young. So that sign seems a little bit backwards to me. But he is made out to be pretty full of himself during the whole episode, so it wouldn't really surprise me. Anyway, the gang gives them a ride since their car is obviously not going to go anywhere and cell phones haven't been invented yet, so they have to go somewhere in order to call for help. They head to the Hideaway Hotel, which has a really rickety boardwalk-style bridge going out to it. And somebody has altered the sign to say, Hide Hotel Ahead, instead of Hideaway. Is the hotel a scary monster? Probably. Oh, no. It's going to eat you up. Oh, no. Anyway, between the creepy sign and the creepy boardwalk, Cher covers her eyes and says, Someone tell me when we get there. I'm a little chicken. Of the sea, which made me in particular laugh because my parents actually have a chicken named Cher, who was named after this Cher. So that was a little special joke from way before that chicken was even born. It made me laugh because now I'm going to picture Cher as Jessica Simpson. Who? What? You don't remember however many years ago it was when she called tuna the chicken of the sea? It's called Chicken of the Sea a lot anyway. There's a brand called that. Oh, well, that's what I thought of. Okay. Anyway, a little after they start driving across the bridge, Fred stops and says, Look, there's a sign. It might say stop, look, and listen. Because there's totally signs that say that all the time. It might say Scooby-Doo. There's some Scooby snacks ahead for you. And... To be fair, you can't read what's on it because it's covered in seaweed, but most signs are not going to say stop, look, and listen. Shaggy and Scooby get out and move the seaweed so that they can read the sign, and it says, caution, shark crossing. It didn't say either of those things it might have said. No, it, it really didn't. And Scooby is scared, and Shaggy's like, no, there's no sharks around here. Last I checked, there are sharks in the ocean, and that's where they are, so that's, yeah. And right after Shaggy says this, a couple of shark fins go right through the bridge, poking Shaggy and Scooby in the bottoms and making them jump. Because apparently sharks are like ghosts, and they can pass through solid matter. No, there were gaps in the boardwalk, but still. You still have to have bracing and stuff to have the deck boards on. Um, did we ever say this was built correctly? Oh, that is true. 70s building standards. Yeah, and honestly, it should be a floating thing, which we will get to later. So, after they read the sign, they start driving again, and suddenly there is a big truck blaring its horn and barreling toward them from the other direction and Fred for the second episode in a row drives halfway off the bridge Fred must have learned how to drive and insert stereotypical bad driving state here and Sonny says I would recognize that dirty laugh anywhere 
From where? I don't know. Is the guy just laughing out the window and he has some super distinct laugh? Well, it does sound like an evil laugh. And I guess that's what Sunny was going for, that it sounded evil and it was stereotypically an evil laugh. But if he doesn't know who was laughing and he says he doesn't, nobody knows who that was. All they know is that the side of the truck said rapid trash removal. I I don't know. I think his tr- word choice was bad. Anyway, they start driving again, and we see a dark figure standing on top of the hotel looking through a telescope and growling into a walkie-talkie. We never see this dark figure again, but at the end we're kind of led to believe it's a certain person. When the gang looks at the top of the hotel, they see vultures on the roof. And Sonny says, oh, this brochure says that the seagulls and pelicans are so tame they will eat off your hand. And Vilma says, dumb thing number two. She looks up there and says, well, those will eat off your hand, all right? They're vultures. Vultures don't eat things that are still alive. So they will not eat off your hand unless you're already dead. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So either this is zombie Scooby-Doo or Velma just forgot her brain for this episode. Another thing, too, I've never been attacked by a vulture, but I have been at the beach trying to eat a turkey sandwich and had a seagull fly down and steal it right out of my hand. It swooped right between us to do that, too. So I'm a little bit more worried about seagulls than I am about vultures. Yeah. Anyway, this hotel looks really pitiful. And Fred decides to pull up and honks for a bellhop, which I don't know if that's the way things were done then. But to me, it seemed kind of rude. It's a lot of bit rude. It's particularly rude because the honking makes part of the porch collapse. But it also makes bats fly out, very similar to the opening credits of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? So I kind of liked that part. Fred says that he'll honk again, but Cher stops him before he can cause the rest of the building to collapse on their heads and says, we should just go in. At least somebody is level-headed. When they get in there, the guy at the reception desk, who is old and obviously wearing a hearing aid, he doesn't seem to hear them. He's asleep or something. And Sonny is saying, we're the famous TV people, but we don't want you to make a big deal out of us. We want as little fuss as possible, but we're famous. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in a situation where I can't hear people very well and I'm working at a reception desk, I'm going to sit there where I can see people coming in. But this guy looks like he's working on a crossword puzzle or reading a book or something. I'm pretty sure he was asleep. Also, this guy's name is Milo. Yeah, and Milo doesn't recognize them even after he sees them. And he's convinced that the Scooby gang is Sonny and Cher's kids. Wait, did Sonny still have his sunglasses on? No. Okay, so there's no excuse then. (laughs) Nope. He says, you should have been here last May. We had three straight days of fair weather. Oh my, that sounds like insert stereotypical bad weather city here. Yeah, it 
does not sound very pleasant, especially for a place that has a golf course and tennis courts and stuff like that. It's all outdoor stuff. They should have good weather or else they need to build elsewhere. After talking about the fair weather that they had for three days in May, Milo says that the twins, meaning Shaggy and Scooby, are the spitting image of Sunny. And he cleans his glasses and puts them back on and suddenly recognizes somebody from TV after all. He thinks Scooby is the hound of the Baskervilles. I'm pretty sure Scooby is not the hound of the Baskervilles. Me neither. He was just in a movie in the last episode, but it was definitely not a Sherlock Holmes book. I mean, a Sherlock Holmes movie. But Milo is thrilled to have a famous person, or dog in this case, stay. And he says that the staff just loves having famous people. Their staff? Yeah. Apparently, there is a housekeeper named Matilda, who is actually really big and creepy. Think your stereotypical old school German lady. Wearing a black and white maid outfit that is also stereotypical. After convincing Milo that the Scooby gang is not their kids, but that he does want to pay for their rooms for the night since they gave him a ride, Sunny requests the Oceanside Bridal Suite with the sun deck and overlooking the tennis courts. And Milo is very confused. Why? That sounds really nice. He says the sun deck and tennis courts went into the ocean eight, nine years ago in a oh. rock slide. Oh, that's not good. And points out that the brochure must be old because the hotel has changed hands a, half, a good half dozen times by now. I think it should have been obvious all along that the brochure was old because nothing looks like it does in the brochure so far. To be fair, Sonny is being kind of stupid. Only kind of. Okay, a lot of bit stupid. <laughs> anyway, after Milo leads everybody to their rooms, and just a reminder, there are no other guests. But half these people are sharing rooms. Velma and Daphne are sharing a room. Shaggy and Scooby are obviously sharing a room, but Fred somehow gets a room to himself. Well, he's the killer, so I don't think anybody wants to stay with him anyway. Probably. And on the way to the rooms, Milo tells them about the Pescado Diabolico, who, de who Velma says that translates to the fish of the devil. Except not really. It's close enough, I guess. Apparently, he is an old Indian god of sharks, and supposedly one night when the sea winds moan, he'll walk upon the land, and his man-eaters will follow him and drive all humans into the sea. Note that the wording is all humans. We'll get back to that later. Don't you think, too, though, that this beach kind of looks like northern rocky beaches versus, like, southern beaches? Well, there's some sand. Yeah, but you have the rock formations which I think is a little bit curious that they have a Spanish shark ghost devil. Yeah. I don't know why the natives in this case are supposedly speaking Spanish. Who knows? I don't think they did their research. Anyway, they hear this weird sound, and Velma asks what it is, 
And after a little bit of conversation, Velma says, it's G sharp, I believe, which I did check. I have a tuning app on my phone for when I'm practicing violin. And sure enough, while the sound changes pitch a little bit, for the most part, it is a G sharp. So yay for that. They did their music research anyway. You think they did it on purpose or you think they just somehow accidentally got it right? Well, whoever did the sound effects was probably told, make it G-sharp. But still, it's really cool. And if Velma was able to pick out that it was a G-sharp, then she probably has perfect pitch or close to it, which could be a throwback to the original idea for this show where the Scooby gang was going to be a teenager band along the lines of Josie and the Pussycats and all of that. So that's kind of a cool little thing for them to include. Easter eggs are fun. I love Easter eggs. They're told that if they hear a sound, because Milo says he can't hear it, then it's probably because they heard the old wives' tale that when the shark god summons his followers from the deep, he blows on a conch shell. So do you not hear it until you hear the old wives' tale? Apparently. So if I've never heard the old wives' tale, I'd never hear the sound, and I have no reason to ask about the sound, so I'll never hear the sound. Which Fred tries to point out, and Milo just pretty much blows him off. Oh boy, I'm thinking like the killer. Yep. Later on, Shaggy and Scooby can't sleep because they're hungry. And they are apparently too hungry to be scared to explore, especially Shaggy, who talks Scooby into it like... Uh, the monster can't get us if we're this hungry. We better go find food. <laughs> I can follow that logic. I've done some stupid things while I was hungry. And while Shaggy and Scooby are going off exploring, the girls are looking out their window at the beach and a storm that's going on outside. And they see a shark monster, but Velma's not sure she believes it. And we get our first view of the Pescado Diabolico who has a, who looks like a shark. We mostly see his nose and his arms with webbed feet on the ends. And Daphne says, I saw something slimy and horrible. That nose, though, that's something sitting wrong with me. Um, let's check with an expert on shark nostrils. Hey, Chris, Carlos here. Actually, a shark has one of the best schnozzes in the whole animal kingdom. It can detect one drop of blood in a million drops of water. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's 25 gallons or 100 liters, but still, that's really good. And it can smell blood over a quarter of a mile away. It has nostrils on either side of its face, which filter water and give it olfactory information. And it works really well because the shark doesn't have to do anything else with its nose but smell. We have to breathe through our noses, but sharks don't. Though I can't speak for legs or anything on a shark, but they definitely have nostrils. Okay, then. I guess I was wrong. Velma says, you mean you saw something scaly covered in seaweed with webbed hands and feet with claws? So scaly and slimy, that doesn't really seem like a shark either. wonder if we have another expert we can go to for that. Hey, this is Paul from the Varmints Podcast, and I've been asked to briefly answer the question, are sharks slimy and scaly? Well, sharks are scaly, but not like most fish. 
Shark scales are like tiny little teeth that are interlocking, and that helps them move through the water a lot more efficiently. If you, and I've actually done this, stroke a shark's body from head to tail, you don't feel the scales at all. It's completely smooth. But if you go the other way, it feels like sandpaper. It's because of that that sharks don't produce slime. Fish with traditional scales have over time adapted that slime production to prevent parasites. Sharks do get parasites, but not on the outside of their bodies. So if there's no room for parasites to make a home under your scales, you don't need to make slime. So in short, are sharks scaly? Yes, just not the kind of scaly we expect from fish. Are they slimy? No, they're just very, very smooth. Well, I'm over for 2. I'm I'm done trying to push out scientific inaccuracies. Yeah, and every time I've touched a shark, it felt like sandpaper. It was definitely not slimy. So, next we see Sunny and Cher in their room, and Sunny's trying to show off these new pajamas with the dragon on the back and Cher's being all snarky at him. And Sonny has mentioned several times his ESP is telling him such and such a thing, like it'll be beautiful weather tomorrow and stuff like that. Cher tells him that ESP for him must mean extra stupid personality. She is not impressed with this supposed honeymoon and she is just not enjoying herself at all. And Sonny says, well, you should try and enjoy it. It's still our honeymoon. She's like, I am enjoying it. Or my name isn't Barbara Streisand. Hey, you know what? What? Her name. It's not Barbara Streisand. <gasps> really? I just love her snarkiness this entire episode. Honestly, that's one of my favorite parts. Sonny decides he's hungry, kind of like Shaggy and Scooby, and tries to order room service, but the phones are out. They can't call the mainland. They can't call for room service. So he decides he's going to go find the kitchen. But as soon as he opens the door, there's Matilda being kind of creepy looking and pretending to dust the doorway. In the middle of the night. Yep. And she doesn't say anything. She just kind of glares at him. Okay, then. He decides to slam the door, lock it, and maybe wait until morning to find food. That's probably what I'd do, too. Yeah. Now we get to see what Shaggy and Scooby are up to, and they have ended up in a wine cellar. And Shaggy says, where there's wine, there's bound to be cheese. He starts listing the type of cheese he wants, including Munster. But the way he says it sounds like monster. And Scooby freaks out. Yeah. And Shaggy's like, no, it's Monster, not Monster. I was talking about cheese. Whoa, okay, Shaggy. A shark, a stuffed shark was mounted on the wall and it falls and lands on Scooby's head. And when Shaggy turns around to look at him, he thinks it's the shark god and freaks out. I can kind of understand that. All of a sudden you've got a shark looking at you. Scooby, for some reason, doesn't understand why Shaggy's being scared until he walks by a mirror, sees his reflection, and ends up running away. Because he doesn't recognize his own legs underneath the shark. Yep. Maybe he thought the shark ate him. Mind blown. Yep. 
Well, apparently after the girls saw the shark monster, they called Fred over. Fred seems to think that they were imagining the creature. He's like, well, there's nothing there. But then they hear a weird sound, which is slightly different from the sound they heard before. Honestly, to me, it sounded like somebody was blowing across a bottle. They don't know what it is. The next morning, everyone's trying to check out. Not surprised at all. Yeah. And Milo's like, ah, but there's no hurry. You can't leave because the condition of the main road. What's wrong with the road? Well, since they didn't use a floating dock or a bridge that is actually up high enough, the bridge that they drove over is underwater. Which could be part of why it was so rickety. How much underwater? Because, I mean, a little bit underwater is fine. According to Fred, it's under two fathoms of water. Okay, so how much water is that in English? A fathom is six feet of water, 1.8 meters for those of you who are not in the U.S. And last I checked, and I grew up by the beach, most places don't have that big of a difference in the tides. And a high tide is going to last like 12 hours. And during that time, we'll slowly drop until it hits low tide. They're told they can't leave until the next mean low tide, which will be at a certain time next Tuesday. So presumably, I would think that they're Thursday or Friday at the latest. Well, a mean low tide means the average height of low tide. It doesn't mean a particularly low tide. And since tides last for only a part of the day, only a few hours, they should be able to leave, like, by the afternoon. All these scientific weirdnesses. Let's take a commercial break so I can get my head back together. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think it is on the scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that my head is back, we can get back to looking at this. We are finally at the point where there's actually a mystery to solve. Only halfway through the episode. Get ready for yeah. that. That's a theme. Fred says he wants to explore the island. He says, I think there's more here than meets the eye. More than beats the eye. (laughs) Very good Transformers reference. Before Transformers was ever written. I'm a professional voice actor. That's how I talk. (laughs) And Fred, when he says he wants to search the island, says he wants to comb it. And Shaggy actually tells a decent joke. He says, how do you want to comb it? With the part on the middle or on the side? Shaggy is in full-on dad form. Eventually, we're <laughs> yeah. going to see his kid because he's got the dad jokes down. Yes. 
we see Velma and Daphne looking at footprints on the beach, and the tracks head toward the hotel but disappear at some rocks. That makes sense. You can't really get footprints in a rock. Yeah. Sunny, Cher, and Fred are searching over by some of the rock formations and find a big pile of rum bottles with wind blowing over them, which made the weird sound. All by themselves, where nobody can see what Fred is doing to Sonny and Cher. Yep. Fred picks up one of the bottles and says it has the mark of an ancient Spanish king. Numero uno. That is not a royal mark. No. Nor is it ancient. No, not at all. (laughs) And Shaggy and Scooby, during their search, find a glass-bottom paddle boat, which earlier they were told aren't around anymore because of the sharks and the shark monsters. Okay, there's a secret boat that the guy keeps at the house. Being on the water, it's like, all right, fine. That's his boat and not a boat available to guests. I'm cool with that. What I'm not cool with is Shaggy and Scooby also point out that it's a glass-bottom boat with windows on it. Which is kind of the point of the glass-bottom. But they decide to take this boat and try and paddle to the mainland for sandwiches. And not to get help getting off the island? No, they just want sandwiches. So they're just going to go get sandwiches. Eat the sandwiches and come back? Or are they going to get the sandwiches and bring them back for everybody? Or what? It sounded like they wanted to bring them back for everybody since the hotel, although they obviously knew that you can't get off of the hotel during certain times of day, doesn't seem to have much of a kitchen or a food situation to make sure the workers and guests can actually eat. Well, that's just a horribly run hotel. No wonder nobody's staying there. Yeah. Well, on their way, they see a Spanish galleon under the water. And it's an old shipwreck, which might be where the the rum bottles came from. You never know. And they see a shark monster coming out of it. And Scooby says, holy mackerel! Which Shaggy points out is probably not a mackerel. But we didn't really see it! Because he thinks if they didn't see it, it can't hurt them. Until it starts chasing them, and he paddles backwards back toward the land without looking where he's going. They somehow crash into the top of a dune rather than just hitting the beach, and it completely totals the boat. But they left the shark monster behind, so they're safe. But but how was the monster? Well... Scooby describes it by acting things out, and they get big, horrible, nauseating, and lots of teeth. So a good thing to run away from. That's good. At least we've Mm -hmm. got that. And suddenly everybody notices this large barge going by, and somebody says, hey, look, there's a boat. We can signal for help. Hey, hey, that's not a boat. It's a kelp dredger, which is not a boat, even though it's a boat. Yep. It's totally a type of boat. That's like saying a Ford is not a car because it's a Ford. Well, Fred is the one saying it's not a boat, so he can't always be smart. I mean, Velma's not even smart in this episode. What is this coming to? I don't know. Anyway, they try to chase the kelp dredger and it disappears. 
And this is a big old giant boat. I don't, how does a big old giant boat disappear? Exactly. There's something going on here. They find a stairway down to the water where there are some circling sharks. They go to ask Milo about why is there a stairway going down to the water? Because it's kind of random. Man, I just wrote that off as maybe it used to be okay as far as where it went before the hotel obviously went to the deep, dark regions of I don't want to stay there. When they go in, Milo Meekly is missing. And they see some the same footprints from the beach moving away from the desk. And they're like, but those footprints stop where Mr. Meekly was. So, of course, they split up to search for clues. Sunny and Cher are standing around with Sunny looking kind of nervous. And when Cher points that out, he's like, don't worry. Nothing's going to happen to you while I'm around. And Cher says, I know. Waste of a perfectly good honeymoon. Adult joke. I wonder if that old shark monster puts his fins around a girl. Yeah. Adult joke burn. Oh, yeah. And they follow the footprints down to the wine cellar that we saw earlier in the episode. Shaggy and Scooby, in the meantime, were sent upstairs, and Shaggy actually asked to be where the action is. But it's only because that's where he hopes to find the kitchen. And they do eventually find a kitchen where there is absolutely no food, but there is a hot pipe behind the cold oven. So there's another something going on. And Scooby's just sad at the lack of food, and Shaggy informs him, well, now you know how old Mother Hubbard's dog felt. And they find a dumb waiter and ride it down to the wine cellar. Meanwhile, Fred and the girls decide to go downstairs, down the stairs to the water. And it's not looking very safe when they do that. Those are some very creepy stairs. They get all shaky and everything. And instead of being smart people and just kind of running back up the stairs and getting out of the way, they stand there until the stairs fall down. Yeah. And it was a pretty big staircase. And Velma says stupid thing number three. She says she hopes there's an escalator back up from the water. Which, if there was an escalator back up, then there would probably be an escalator down. And she's just not thinking straight. Not at all. So, of course, they fall into the water. Yeah. And Shaggy and Scooby and Sunny and Cher end up scaring each other half to death and then finding each other while running around in the wine cellar when a shark monster comes out and starts to chase them. And so we're getting a chase scene there and... Suddenly, we cut to Fred and the girls falling into the water, and as they come up, Fred realizes that the sharks aren't real. They are shark fins stuck to some wood to make it float, and they're attached to chains that are moving around underwater to make them go in circles. Fred actually does some decent detective work there. It's about time. Back to the wine cellar, Sunny has everybody push over a wine rack, and then they're all slipping over the wine bottles, but it does slow down the shark monster. And they slipped through a secret passage that the monster had come out of earlier that was in a wine barrel. 
and everybody, Fred and the girls swim through a cave, and the everybody running from the shark monster runs through a cave, and they all end up in a foundry where they find the dredger pouring gold out into big cauldrons that are being sent on a conveyor belt to be melted down. Well, Fred and the girls are still in the water, and the operator sees them, the the dredger operator sees them, and tries to scoop them up. And they make a nice corny joke saying, maybe he sees us, but he's not going to seize us. Womp womp. Mm-hmm. And Shaggy recognizes the foundry for what it is, and Sunny says, I think someone found us finding their foundry. Because the shark monster has found them. Badum tiss. Yeah. So Fred and the girls think Shaggy, Sunny, and Cher are all trying to cause a distraction until they see the shark monster chasing them. And Shaggy decides to throw a random trash can at the shark, who, for some reason, puts the lid back on the trash can before continuing the chase. Sunny sees the conveyor belt with the cauldrons full of gold going on it, and for some reason thinks it's a skylift, even though we've already established this is a foundry. So, yeah, he's not very smart. Shaggy wants to fill his pockets with the gold, but Cher says, no, the shark god's waiting for us. So they knock the cauldron over to keep from going in the fire and getting burned up in the foundry, and to make the shark stop because the gold and the people land on top of him. So he's kind of stuck for a bit. So Fred goes up to the operator. It's like, I'm going to know who this is. Spins the guy around. And it's Milo. I don't know how they don't recognize him from behind with his hearing aid stuff and his weird hat that he's still wearing, but whatever. Yeah. And Fred has two trash can lids that he said he was going to use as shields. But he decides to use them as symbols and says, I can use these in self-defense because my uncle was the first symbolist in the Marine Corps band. Last I checked, the Marine Corps band does not use their instruments for self-defense. That's a very bad way to use your instruments. And after Fred deafens Milo, Matilda comes up and talks for the first time with a very deep, manly voice. I wonder why that is. Well, he uses Milo's hearing aid to order the shark men into the hotel and says, This is Matt Hidalgo, your friendly neighborhood investigator. Spider-Man reference. Woohoo! And I just realized before we started recording that if you drop the T off of the end of Matt and the LGO off the end of Hidalgo, you get the name Matilda. So that was kind of a cool way to come up with his alter ego. It turns out that the shark men were professional sea scavengers who were just wearing scuba gear underneath the shark costumes to hide the tanks and everything. Not really good shark-looking scuba gear, but we can maybe work around that. And they were turning the gold that they found in the Spanish galleon into trash can lids. Don't know why they didn't use the can, since that would be more metal. And their reasoning, too, was that they didn't want the government taking half their money from taxes. Which, I mean, I looked it up. In 1972, the per ounce weight value of gold was about half of what a doubloon was worth. So by melting it down, 
they're just taking half of their money away anyway. And Matt Hildalgo tells everybody that the hotel's been actually closed for years because it's condemned. And as the gang leaves, the whole hotel falls into the sea. Oh, that was nice of it to at least wait until everybody was gone. Yeah, there's that. And it's not next Tuesday yet. They've only been there one night, but suddenly the road is clear. Why was Milo trying to keep them there even longer if he didn't want them to find out what he was doing? Maybe he was working with Fred in a way to permanently get rid of them. And he needed time to form his plan. Could be, in which case Fred should have recognized him. And, well, when the hotel collapsed, it was because Cher had stomped her feet because she didn't want seafood. And Sunny says when she brings down the house, she really brings down the house. So Cher says scooby dooby doo at the end instead of Scooby saying it. End scene. You have another wonderful Scooby-Doo adventure. You have hijinks, you have mysteries, you have people that I'm too young to really know who they are, but I still really enjoy it. I liked it. It was interesting seeing Velma not figure anything out for the entire episode. How did I not realize that? I don't know, because usually she's the one who does all the work. So for once, Fred is the one who figures it out all by himself. I doubt it ever happens again. No, probably not. He's definitely not going to keep finding one person to blame for everything in the future, that's for sure. <laughs> if you like hearing more things from us, then go check out Meddling Kids on either the Facebook group or on Twitter, where you can see all kinds of crazy Scooby-Doo things. And in that Facebook group, we have wonderful Tiff, who is just a wonderful Facebook moderator, wonderful person, and I have no idea what we do without her besides have a group that isn't as cool as it is already. And thank you to Dave Sestain for the music called Night Surfing. It's really cool stuff. I love it. If you like hearing my voice for some reason, you can go check me out on Play Comics, where I look at video games and comic book stuff. And sometimes Kaylee's on the show, too. Sometimes. And next time you're trying to run a scam out of a hotel, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids.